Hello and welcome to Jerry 2's video game podcast with me, Joe, and... Me, Sergeant Min. Sergeant Min. Oh, I'm reusing the name. Yeah, well that's because, listeners... Well, I'll, tell, I'll explain that in a second. So, uh, if you're a new listener, welcome. Uh, this is Jerry 2's video game podcast. Jerry 2 is the ugly black cat in the thumbnail. Uh, he's a very discerning cat. He loves video games. Uh, always looking for new video games. So, Joe and Min, his employees... <coughs> Sergeant Min, sorry, Joe and Sergeant Min, his employees, we play video games and we review them, chat about them, have a general discussion about them, and then at the end of the podcast, Jerry 2 will give his final judgment on the game, which is a bit I think everyone looks forward to. Um, what Sergeant Min was referring to before was the fact that we have actually already done a podcast on Spec Ops Online, um, which if you are a listener who has listened to our other podcast, you may have already seen, so thank you for that. However, we were unhappy with how that one yeah, came it was, out. it was awful. I mean, we were just waffling and it wasn't very fun to listen to. Or fun to record, really. So we thought we'd give it another crack because Spec Ops Online is a brilliant game that deserves a podcast. It deserves a chat. It deserves us, uh, you know, it's it's something that we really enjoyed and we want to talk about. So we thought we'd have another go. So please, if you have got that one in your timeline, I've deleted it. Uh, just delete it. Listen to this one instead. This one will be better, I hope. Um, <laughs> and yes, the game we're going to talk about today is Spec Ops The Line. Uh, which is why we have Sergeant Min with us today. Uh, I'm not a, a sergeant, a veteran, but I'm still gonna. You're not a sergeant. What is your rank? I don't want anyone to think. Oh, you know this gruff girl. What What is your rank then? Um, if you're not a sergeant. You said you're not a sergeant. So what is your rank if you're not a sergeant? No, I meant in real life. I'm so not a sergeant. You're not. You're not a sergeant. No. Oh, I had no idea. See, I, always, I just thought you know you, you're quite gruff and muscly. This is what I'm saying. I just just uh, clarifying that I'm not actually a sergeant. Like, listeners, obviously you can't see Sergeant Min, but she's six foot five. She has rippling biceps. Technically uh, not a midget. A mustache. Uh, <gasps> <laughs> what? How dare you? <laughs> I don't have a mustache. Uh, no, she. I get it. rid of it every day. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so the game we're going to be playing today. Leave, no, 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 never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you're going to say then. Um, the game we're going to we've uh, played. We actually played it uh, a few days ago, but uh, I think we played it at the weekend. But we're going to talk about it now. Is <coughs> uh, sorry, I get very, very I get very emotional when I think about this he game. He, he choked on a fly. I get very emotional when I think about this game. Is uh, Spec Ops: The Line uh, by uh, Jaeger, uh, which is the team that made it. Uh, so this was a game uh, released in, I think, around 2011, 2012. Probably should have checked that. Uh, it is a military... But on the surface, it looks like a sort of standard military shooter. So, you know, if you looked at the front cover of the game or anything like that, you'd be forgiven for thinking Call of Duty or something like that. Yeah. But it's actually much more than that. Um, so what's you, your experience? You don't really know from the title either. No. Well, I was going to say, what was your experience with the game before we played it? So, I know you'd played it and absolutely loved it. And you did yeah. mention that, you know, there's so many twists in it. <laughs> I'll and talk about that The story that minute, is yeah. amazing. We will talk about it. But um, I remember you banging on about it when we were playing games together. And you were like, oh, you know, it's not like your average shooter. It's, it's really, it's not really about the shooting. It's more about the story. Yeah. But I do remember seeing it in game shops many years ago, looking at it and thinking, eh, God, that looks bland. Not my thing, you know? Because I just, I presumed it was like a Call of Duty type, middle of the road, bland shooter. Yeah. But and probably I, not as good. I think you're totally forgiven for thinking that. I think a lot of people thought that, including me before I played yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and it's called Spec Ops The Line. I mean, yeah. Well, Spec Ops bit. actually, I don't know if you know this, but Spec Ops is actually a pre-existing series. Oh, This okay. isn't the first Spec Ops game. It's made. This game is made by completely different people, but the other Spec Ops games were just sort of run-of-the-mill military well, shooters. Well, it goes to show how much I knew. But I saw it, and even just the the title, Spec Ops, the line, you just think Spec Ops, boring. Yeah. Just a military shooter. Even the line bit, um, if you haven't played it, you, you just be like, 
I don't know what it means. It yeah. Sounds boring. Could it, be anything. Does, it does actually have a meaning, but unless you play it, it's just so boring. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, I'd never played it before. I didn't know anything about it. I don't think I even watched a trailer before we played it because you wanted it to be as mm. fresh and um, sort of surprising as possible. Um, and I think the only inkling that I had was that something was going to happen where it twists and sort of distorts a little bit and. Uh, you know, there's probably a fucked up story because you did say that it gripped you and that you, um, when you played it, you played it through in one yeah. sitting. Now, we did try and do that. Um, we tried to do an all-nighter with it uh, because I just felt like if it's going to be one of those immersive, immersing games... Immersive. Immersive. Yeah, that's the word. Immersive <laughs> games, then it's probably best to do it in one sitting. Because yeah, we do like doing that. So we'll pick a game, we'll be like, yeah. you know what, we're going to blast it in one go. Especially if, it, I mean, this game is only about five or six hours yeah, long I so mean, it's not like it, it's unfeasible to do no, that no we, we checked a great website uh, how long to be we mention that every podcast <laughs> but it's just so useful so I, if you can I encourage everyone to contribute to it because it really is yeah. really handy but we had a look on there and we were like you know a perfect um, length for an all nighter yeah we didn't quite manage it I think we did it in like one and a bit yeah we played the bulk of it on one and we night. got to like chopped chapter 11 in the first night and then did the next chapters the next day which and there's only 15 chapters yeah. and I think we did it like in the morning so um, we did it you know yeah pretty much in two sittings yeah um, well when I first played the game um, I did do it in one sitting so when I bought the game um, well when I got the game I got like 10 games at once including Shadows of the Damned I got it at the same time uh, we'll go back and listen to our Shadows Shameless of the Damned plugin. review I knew you were going to do that <laughs> well it's true though I did actually get it at the same time as well as Deadly Premonition which is a brilliant game and a few other games uh, that we'll probably review at some point and this game I, I got and I was like eh you know I do like I did like Call of Duty 4 you know I'm not a massive fan Call of Duty what sorry 4 Modern Warfare uh, but you know I was like you know it looks okay I'll leave it I'll play it at some point so it was like nine maybe half nine at night and I had university in the morning because I was a student and I thought you know what I'll try Spec Ops play it for a couple of hours uh, see if I like it you know might as well if I don't like it I'll trade it in That's, that was my thinking so I sat down to play it about nine half nine and then I ended up playing the entire thing in one go until like four in the morning because I played it on hard and it was really difficult um, couldn't stop playing it because you know it couldn't end like this it can't end like this I need to see it through I need to see it through please couldn't sleep after I finished it because it fucked me up uh, and then went to university the next day looking like a zombie and when people were like why are you so tired I couldn't be like you know you weren't there man you weren't, you weren't there, there man you don't know what I've been through last night I've I went, seen some things I went through something really traumatic and I can't talk to you about it because it's a game and you'll think I'm silly um, so I absolutely it absolutely blew me away it was like and this is why I wanted you to go into it with a complete fresh slate because I was so not expecting it well I knew something was going to happen yeah because you did say there was a well I wouldn't be like oh because because this is probably the first game of this genre that you've ever played correct? yeah really. and I wouldn't be like oh man you should play this really standard middle of the road military shooter you know what I mean it's going to yeah. have an edge to it but I literally knew nothing and it completely blew me away um, so yeah um, the game I mean in terms of the before we get into the you know the, the meat of the story you know and the, the premise and stuff like, like I said just then this is the first kind of game of this genre that you've played now I'd say that the gameplay is actually like the worst thing about it I don't think anyone would, would recommend this game for its gameplay but then you actually really really liked yeah, it yeah well as you said I don't, so really, I don't just, really play games like so this. So before we get into it, listeners, Min did play the bulk of the game. I played a few bits and pieces, but Min played like 90% of I it. I think we initially we were like, you're going to play the game. Yeah. I'm going to make kind of the decisions yeah. when, when it comes to it. 
Um, but I think for some reason you just stopped and you were like, do you, do you want to play it? Well, I just thought, you know what? It's not The reason I started playing it, because I played through the first like five minutes, and then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't know why Min can't do this. Because like it's not a kind of game that Min plays at all, right? You know, Min's a weeb. She plays like JRPGs. I'm not a weeb. She I'm plays- not a weeb. She grew up playing like JRPGs and things like that. She'd never, she'd never really played a game like this. And I just thought, you know what? It's not that difficult. We no, had it, it really on, isn't. We had it on normal. And mm. I thought, you know what? She could, she could do this. So I thought, you know what? I mean, because the thing is, I don't think the game, the story of the game in particular, would have the same impact if someone else was doing it. Yeah, I think you said that you wanted me to have the full experience. Yeah. And you lied to me. You bitch. Yeah, I told when when I said to Min, "Oh, you should play. You you play it. You try it." I told her we had it on easy mode because I didn't think she'd do it otherwise. Uh, but I was lying. It was on normal. So yeah. Well, um, it didn't matter because it was fairly easy. Yeah, I think you like, died a few times. But, yeah, which is normal. But um. So do you want to describe? Yeah, like, we, what the game was like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like Joe already mentioned, it is very watered down. Um, basic. Yeah. It's very very basic. Don't expect massive. Um, you know, like an assortment of uh, guns or anything I think there's like a, a well, few different you, you shotguns have, a few different machine guns you have two weapons slots yeah. so you can only carry two weapons at a time and the majority of the game is spent just shooting sort of standard assault rifles or shotguns you do have pistols you also have like sniper rifles occasionally and rocket launchers occasionally and they're usually usually placed um for bits where it wants you to progress with the story so they'll be like yeah. very conveniently put in places yeah so there's one um, one bit that springs to mind where you're, you're on some rooftops and you're like oh we need to zip line across these rooftops but this sniper's there that'll shoot us if we try uh, so we need to take them out and there just happens to be a very handy scout tactical, tactical rifle rifle uh, just like leaning against yeah, the yeah but, but the for wall. the most part you know, it's very basic um, guns um, you can swap them out for uh, other weapons when, when you kill an enemy like yeah. you can take what they've got um and ammo really is never an issue because no. A, you get these boxes that refill your ammo like fully um, or B, you can just pick up what someone else has dropped or even if you walk across someone that has killed you, yeah, uh, it normally fills up your ammo if you've got the same type of gun. So that, there's that. It was very easy. Barely, barely any guns. You can only equip two at a time. And in terms of like grenades and things, you can have three different ones at a time. So I think there's flash grenades, frag grenades and then sticky bombs. Yeah. Which you can throw and um, stick to enemies. And really again, useful turrets. you can only keep three of them at a time, I think it was. Yeah. Um, uh, as yeah, in three of is. each uh, at yeah. most. Um, the, the guns as well, and, and this annoyed me a little bit. Maybe it was partly due to me not being an idiot. Um, not but, being an idiot? Sorry, me being an idiot. I was going to say, not, um, so it doesn't sound like Sergeant Min to me. <laughs> but certain guns you can like press down on the D-pad and it'll... Yeah, um, give you like an alternate yeah, fire. Yeah, so, so it'll give you like, oh, you've got three grenades on this gun or you've got like a, a little laser that you can use or, uh, you know, you've got like, um, I, I guess you'd say pulse... Wait, rather than just shooting. Uh, no, it's burst fire. Burst fire, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't tutorialise that, and I think I just randomly found it, like, very it was towards like the 12. end. <laughs> chapter 12 of, the, uh, of 15, I found it, and I was like, oh, okay, great, great, that's that's good. But, no, very, very watered down. Yeah. I don't think the main point of the game is the actual gameplay. But No, I feel like, and this is a problem with the game, right, because it feels like the, the game presents itself 
uh, initially as like again like a very generic sort of tactical third person shooter so min a couple of things that min hasn't mentioned actually uh the game is cover based and, and at the time at the time this was like the flavor of the month i mean you could basically play uncharted one we've played uncharted one i don't think even was liked it that much no, not really. um but you could it's got the same combat which is just that you go into an area there are inevitably chest high walls i think this game does do a better job of disguising it because i think if you remember in uncharted you'd walk into a room and you'd be like oh or at last of us is the same thing you'd be like yeah. oh, look at this there's a big open room here with lots of chest high walls i wonder what's going to happen here but spec ops it's like it's a bit more natural it's yeah, like definitely it's you, like rubble you and, have like crates that will eventually um be blown away, be blown yeah. away and, but and i mean what you mean is like it, you believe that this cover would actually be there and like, it does make sense because it is where soldiers were yeah fighting as well. i mean in the last of us or in uncharted it's like why in this jungle is there so many chest high walls Whereas yeah. it, it makes a bit more sense in this game. But um, no, um, you're absolutely right. I did forget to mention it's very cover-based and that's something that I kind of struggled with for the yeah. first five minutes because I am someone who's very impulsive. Yeah. So when me and Joe play co-op games, he tends to be the... Um, the What's the word? Well, um, I, I tend to sort of sit back... Uh, you know, I'd use ranged attacks a ranged lot. Attack, that's Be it. careful. Yeah. I'm a very cautious. I'm very cautious when I play video games. Whereas I will barrel in and yeah. just you know go go nuts and um, throw my life away. The other thing to mention as well that Min didn't mention is that there are um, so you play as Captain Martin Walker, and when you begin the game, you have two um, squad mates with you who are called Lugo and Adams, and you are Delta Squad, so and they also join you in combat. So you always have two, well, almost always have two AI companions with you who are actually kind of good. Yeah. Because sometimes you find in games where where you've got AI com- um, companions, they they don't really do anything. Yeah, they're useful, and also you can order them in battle, and this is sort of an, a, a sort of extra gameplay mechanic. So you can sort of press a button to have them stun the enemy with stun grenades. So you can say, oh, you know, Adam throw a stun grenade in there. And I think Lugo has a sniper rifle at all times. Yeah. So sometimes you'll be pinned down, and in the distance you'll be able to see there's a sniper or there's someone on a turret, and you just can't get to them, and you can't flank them because it's like a straight line. You can get Lugo to take them out for you. It's not as simple as just being like, oh, I can just tell my mates to shoot every enemy, but it can be really useful if you're being pinned down. You Definitely, know? and and um, just to add to that, it's really, it's the, the AI is kind of good because even if you ask you know Lugo to snipe someone, he's not necessarily going to do it because he might say. I can't do it. I've got too many people around me. Yeah. Or he might move to a better position as well. Or he so. might move to a better position. Or he might just have too many people shooting at him and yeah. he'll be like, I'm really sorry, I can't do it. And I like that because it's like, well, it's not too easy. Yeah, so there just... are plenty of times actually where you did it and he's like, well, I, I can't, I'm pinned down. He's yeah. sh- a turret. I, I, if yeah. I pop my head out, he's going to shoot me. And it's like, all right, fair enough. That makes sense. Um, having said that as well, there was a, I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about it in hindsight. Um, I thought I was kind of cheating in a way because uh, you can press, I think it was RB. RB to or sort of R1, um, if you're on PS3. yeah, so you, you you press it and it sort of highlights the the shooter or enemy. Hmm. Um, in so red. you get like a red triangle and you can scan the environment and it'll tell you if there's an enemy there so that you can tell Lugo to shoot. Yeah, and then you you press it again and he'll attack it. Now I initially said that it was me cheating because sometimes you you you'll see shots coming but you you won't know where it's coming from. Yeah. So I just like kind of scanned the area until I found the person that that was shooting and it would have this red triangle around it. But I think it was meant to be for that because cause if you're going to double press to get Lugo to shoot, then why didn't they just do it with the first? Well, first no, because it's like you can decide which one to oh, do. Oh, Yeah, no, I don't think it is meant for that. But oh, right, I just okay, think it's right. like serendipity. It works, yeah. it works, you know. Because like you haven't really played Far Cry. No. In the Far Cry games, you get... Uh, we will play Far Cry at some point because we've got three, four and Primal, I think. Yeah. We haven't played them yet. 
um, if you get binoculars, you can look. You can like put the binoculars on and look in the distance, and it will tag enemies, and oh, then they'll okay. be on the map a little bit like on Metal Gear actually. Yeah, yeah. the same thing on MGS Five, you know, and uh, it it kind of worked a little bit like that, but I don't think it was. Well, it, was it wasn't intended. I definitely used it like yeah. that sometimes, and it was really helpful. There is one massive issue though with the AI companions though that you haven't talked about yet, which is yes. the fact that um, I mean the game is set in Dubai. We'll get into that a little bit more in a minute. But um, you you know you're in a dusty environment, and often, especially your visuals are purposely you are, blocked. You are always in a dusty environment because the whole premise of the game is that Dubai is like wrecked by sandstorms. Yeah, and so, sometimes there'll be sandstorms like how if anyone's played um, Phantom Pain. Yeah, when there's or a, Mad Max, or Mad Max when there's like a, a sandstorm. Um, sometimes that will happen and it obscures your view um, and they can't see you just as much as you can so the game is entirely dusty yeah so it's really dusty and the and your and the enemies that you're fighting again we'll explain this a little bit more in a bit but the enemies that you're fighting are often american soldiers you are also american soldiers uh, they are wearing American uniforms. You are, you are also wearing American uniforms. Yeah. Uh, it is very difficult in the heat of the moment to tell if the person you are about to shoot is your AI companion or someone else. And if you hover over them with your um, your you know your um, target reticule yeah. for like uh, maybe a two seconds, it will come up with like their name in blue. Maybe it'll even say, a second. Maybe even a second, it'll say Adams or Lugo. But in the heat of the moment, you do not take that second. No, when you're getting shot at left, right, and center by like twenty soldiers and you're trying to like shoot them down um you know and, and you're in cover you don't have that time no. you don't have that second to see whether it's your your guy or, or the enemy guy and how many times did i shoot lugo and adams and, yeah, and there is friendly fire friendly fire is thing and if you down them you've then got you've then got like a window of about 30 seconds to revive them and if you don't it's game well, over you can either revive them yourself or you can get one of your companions to revive yeah. them if they're not so alive, you so the, uh, it basically the, if you down if someone gets down you have 30 seconds to revive them or it's game over like gears of war does the same thing i know you haven't played that yeah but uh gears of war you you've got an ai companion that you need to stay, keep alive and the problem is, like you say, like the amount of times you would just be in the middle of like a fucking dust cloud and there's enemies shooting you and all of a sudden someone appears in front of you, shotgun blast straight away, dead. Oh, it's Adams. It's I mean, the, honestly, I shot him so many times and there were times where you were like, it's an enemy. And I'm like, no, it's not. Or, you'd or, be like, or I'd be like, there. You know, like, yeah. there's someone there like that. And you'd shoot him and he'd be like, oh, it's Lugo. And I'm like, oh, so- sorry, mate. But, um, <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know what they could have done to make it more obvious who they were no but, um, I mean because they're, con- they're constantly moving this yeah. is the thing the they sort of so naturally good. they will naturally flank the enemy for your fear and stuff like that so if you pin down Lugo and Adams will they don't just sit there and wait they'll like actively go you know what I'll try and move up the right yeah, side and things like that the problem is is that the enemies also flank you so like when you've yeah. got someone behind you whether it's Adams or an enemy, you don't know until you've like shot. Yeah, that that was annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, so we've already mentioned the game play, takes place in Dubai. The reason, and that, and that for me, I mean, obviously, a lot of these modern warfare shooters have bits in deserts and stuff, but uh, I thought that was really interesting. So the way this, the premise of the game is that Dubai, um, the you know the capital of the, I think it's the capital, isn't it, of the UAE? Yeah. Yeah, the United Arab Emirates has been hit by like devastating continuous sandstorms. That basically wrecked the entire city, uh, and there's a, a battalion of American soldiers called the 33rd Battalion, led by a man called John Conrad or Colonel Conrad, who is um, who was stationed in Afghanistan, and his platoon, his battalion, were due to come back to America, but he volunteered his soldiers to go and help with the relief effort. He said, "No, my 33rd Battalion will go and help save people in Dubai." The American government okayed this. 
But then when he got there um, and he tried to rescue people, John Conrad and his battalion, it was an absolute failure. And thousands of people died. The American government then said, right, pull out, come home. It's too dangerous. Mission over. You failed. And John Conrad refused. His battalion went rogue and they're still there. So the premise of the game is that Captain Walker, who has previously served with John Conrad in Afghanistan, and in fact it says that John Conrad saved his life. Yeah, this is the first thing he says about him. Yeah, I think the first line of the game is, would I say that John Conrad is the best soldier I've ever served with? Yes, I would, but I might be biased because he did drag my bleeding carcass halfway across Afghanistan to save my life. And it was at this moment that I took a real disliking to John Conrad. Why? Well, I just, I, I got bad juju about <laughs> again, him. All right, again, listeners, if you've listened to The the Bouncer, uh, I can't remember if you said this in uh, God Hand as well, but Minch just takes an instant dislike to people. In games? In games, yeah, and in real life, but particularly in games. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know, I just, I got bad juju from him, and I was like, oh, you sound like a douchebag, because you clearly got some sort of, com- like... God complex. Uh, God complex, you yeah. know, you, you are happy to put your men in danger, unnecessarily, because you want to play the hero. Like, yeah. I got that feeling from him. Yeah, and you're right. Yeah. Spiral alert. Obviously, listeners, you listen to this, we are going to spoil everything. We don't even... I don't even really need to say spoil alert. I don't alert. think we need to because... Yeah, this is a discussion of the game. I'm not going to spare the details of the plot. So you are... If you haven't played it, maybe stop and go and play it. It's I a, guess it's it, a spoiler of this podcast. Listen, it's five, hour, <laughs> it's five hours. Yeah, you could go away. But yeah, she is right. Go, he, he is a bad guy. But yeah, no, I, I disliked him right from the get-go. And his, his name is spelled with a K as well. Yeah, well, what, John Conrad? Yeah. Well, it's surnamed. And I think the reason it's spelled like that is because this game is heavily inspired by Apocalypse Now, which oh, is heavily okay. inspired by Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. So I think that uh, my, my, my assumption is that the reason he's called John Conrad is as a reference to Joseph Conrad, who wrote Heart okay. of Darkness. I think I said this last time, but it's like a grim hum, human centipede of inspiration. <laughs> you've got, no, you said that to me personally. You've got Heart of Darkness on the front, yeah. okay? Put, filling up Apocalypse Now, and then you've got Spec Ops at the line at the back of Apocalypse Now being okay. filled up in that direction. Beautiful, grim human centipede of inspiration. So yeah, we're introduced to sort of two characters. Yeah, so... Um, um, so yeah, so as I said, John Conrad's efforts to save the people of Dubai has failed. He's been told to come home, but he's refused and he's stayed. Six months have passed, and the American military have sent <clears throat> Captain Walker and his two men in Delta Squad to basically, and this is really important, right? Their mission, okay, at the start of the game is go to Dubai, okay, have a look around, recon, see if you can figure out what's going on. Don't don't enter into the Stonewall. Don't, um, don't, don't do anything. Don't Just get involved. tell us what's going on. Just go there, see if you can see what's going on, report back, and then we will send in a, a relief effort. You know, we'll send in the cavalry, as they say, to make sure, to, to, try and, to try and sort the situation out. But we need to know what's going on. Like, are the, are the 33rd Battalion still alive in there? Is Comrade still alive? Are there, is there anyone still alive at all? Because it might be the, the fact that they're all either left or dead by now. Yeah, because we, we uh, I think um, the last... Um, com- uh, communication you get from Conrad was like six months yeah prior. and he say, basically says you know it's been an absolute failure everyone's dying <clears throat> how many are dead too many yeah I think he says um, how many die- How many casualties One, uh, far too many or whatever um, but yeah so, so they don't know whether he's dead or alive or if he needs help or if, if the men have gone rogue or what so literally three men in Dubai see what's going on yes. and then report back that is it that, that is, that is the mission okay and what instead happens is that um not long after arriving, you bump into some locals who are very angry at Americans and want to kill you. Uh, and then you bump into some Americans that are doing horrendous shit as well um, in in American military garb. Initially, when you when Walker hears that the Americans are being killed, he's like, "Well, in that case, 
our mission's changed now. We have to go rescue the Americans because obviously, America, we need to go rescue the American lives. And I think at that point, Adam says, but Captain, our, our mission is to recon. That's it. He goes, listen, American lives are more important than missions. And at this point, I hated... Um, <laughs> I don't, I, apologies if I keep calling him Chris Walker. I know yeah, it's Martin. Yeah, it's Martin <laughs> I keep Walker. thinking about say last, Captain Walker. You know what, Captain Walker. That, that's yeah. a safe Chris name. Walker is the main body from the oh, last one. Um, at this point, I hated him because I'm like, you are such a dingleberry. Um, because, you know what, dingleberry is not the right word, is it? No. no I don't you know. are such a douchebag because you've got th- two other guys with you yeah. who are reluctant to do what you want to do. They have to listen to you because you're the leader. Um you're not armed for this kind of thing. No. You are going against your orders. Like, if there is something going on, and if there is American soldiers that have been, you know, um, sort of uh, executed or harmed in any way, or even if the American soldiers are doing the same thing to the, the villagers and the, the citizens of, of Dubai, you need to go back and report back because yeah. then they can send in heavies. Yeah, they can people send in, who are more suited to dealing with this than you are. They can send in numbers. More than three little rinky-dinky men with not very much on them. <laughs> well, they're not rinky-dinky men, are they? They're very, they're very buff, but yeah. I don't think three is enough. No. But instead, he wants to play a flipping hero, doesn't he? Well, that's exactly the theme of the game, isn't it? Yeah. The, the whole point of the game is that, like, and I think I mentioned this when we did the first podcast, but I'm probably going to mention this a few times. The I think the whole message of the game is that you've got these two macho twats, mm. Captain Walker and John Conrad, both wanting to play the hero uh, despite the cost to the lives of the locals. The locals are used throughout this game as pawns. You see them, they are there, and they are constantly fucked over. They are constantly used as, like, well, listen, it doesn't matter if 100 die because it's worth it for the thing. But I just feel like what this game does great is that there's always grey areas, but um, in, in the case of Captain Walker and Conrad, I think they both had good intentions. Yeah, I as mean, ridiculous as they are, but no, they, they no, also were very right. selfish in that. Um, not only did they, you know, use the the villagers as pawns. Yeah, um, their own pawns, men as well. Sorry, yeah. they they used their own own men. Yeah. I mean, Captain Walker only used two of his men. Yeah, but he would have used more if he had. But them. he would have used more if he had, yeah. and and he was happy to you know discard some of the the villagers. And the um, same goes for Conrad. Like his entire platoon. I mean, I think we googled it. It's like up to a thousand, a thousand battalion. Yeah, which is a lot, and you know. The, and by the end of it, there's like eight left. There's eight, yeah. There's, there's like eight left. So he's he's happy to sacrifice their lives on behalf of playing the hero. Yeah. Um. But at the same time, they're not doing it with ill will. No, I mean Captain Conrad. Sorry, Colonel Conrad's intention was to try and save people in Dubai, um, and Captain Walker's uh, initial his initial goal, at least, is to try and save the American soldiers. Yeah, because and then he sees later them being on, executed. it becomes a little bit more complicated. But there's all just uh, as a little sort of jump ahead thing. There is a very interesting bit. So one thing we didn't mention about the gameplay is that the levels have intel, which are like little collectibles that you can there's find. There's only like two per Yeah, it's nice. not really, it's almost like a bit of an afterthought, I think, because it's like yeah. some levels is none and then some levels <laughs> is two. And it tell, if you click on the menu, it'll say zero out of two intel found. But they do actually add quite a lot. They do, and I just want to make it clear, we didn't get every single no, one of them. No, we got, we got, got about, we got over half, because we got an achievement. We got over half. half, and you can check, like, if you press pause, it'll tell you whether you've got, like, one out of two. Yeah. Um, but I, I just didn't go out of my way to, to find them, because I thought it would break immersion a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but there's one bit of intel that you find that's really interesting, where it says that Colonel Conrad um, was... Uh, it was an amazing military leader and particularly uh, had lots and lots of successes um, throughout you know, his career and was being hailed as being like the greatest military leader in American history since like General Patton in World War, in World War II um, and that people loved him but in 
Afghanistan, I think it said, or maybe Iraq, I can't remember which one it was. It was uh, Afghanistan. It was Afghanistan. It said that he'd had several really embarrassing military failures and that he was suffering from PTSD. And they suspected this anyway. And that uh, he, because of this reputation and things like that, he, he couldn't psychologically deal with the fact that he wasn't living up to this reputation. So when the Dubai opportunity presented itself, he went in there, yes, to save lives, but also because he had to prove himself to be this hero. Like, he was seen as this brilliant general. He had to prove himself. And it said that the fear was that if he had one more disastrous military failure, um, his ego would not be able to take it. So he's it. a bit of an egomania. Yeah, it uses the word egomania. Yeah. It says, you know, and it said that he was suffering from increased paranoia and <clears throat> egomania and moral calcification, I think it says. So yeah, the idea is. that if he thinks something is right, then it is right. He will not argue about it. And it said that like there's one more military failure and they worry that he will break. Mm. And that's kind of what happened. So even though he has gone into Dubai, to, into Dubai to save people, he's also done it because he needs to prove himself as this amazing hero. He's also, I think PTSD is a big part of this. PTSD is a big yeah. part of the game, which we're <clears throat> going to explore in a little bit there more detail. There is one thing that I'm really... Well, I, th- I guess I'm not massively upset about this, but I think you said that you were kind of a little bit sad that I didn't get to experience The water screens. Um, when Joe played it, yeah, he played it originally on the Xbox 360. Yes. Um, and the the loading screens they they do take a while because it was you know back then there was a thing called loading screens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could sometimes take like a minute. Yeah, and apparently, I think you're probably best off describing because yeah, so I didn't actually see them. But. In the original, so yeah, in the original game, the loading screens are used to really really great effect. So at the start of the game, uh, when you are when it's still pretending to be a typical military shooter, your loading screen you'll get a loading screen that'll say things like. Uh, you know, use cover to avoid enemy fire or whatever, just little tips and tricks from the game. Uh, and then it'll lace it with little things that are a little bit more intri- intriguing, stuff like, I think one that you get very early on says, uh, Captain Walker does not like to talk about what happened in Kabul. So Kabul is the capital of Afghanistan. Assumedly, that's where he got injured and Cap- combat yeah. saved him. Um, but then as you progress through the game and the game becomes progressively darker and more claustrophobic and horrible and I think I told you this before I think I used to write for a gaming website called uh, Zero One Gaming now defunct yeah now (laughs) defunct and in that I wrote an article about how I believe that you could argue this is a horror game because even though it's not about the typical horror setting and it doesn't have jump scares and things that doesn't make that's not what makes a horror game a horror game is made by the atmosphere and the setting and the the content you know the, the themes of the game and this is 100% a horror game based on all those things it's a horrible claustrophobic messy dirty game that makes you feel awful and that scares you because of the content and as you get further into this this tone and it starts to become like this death horrible death march this horrible journey into the heart of darkness the loading screens start to fuck with you as well so every now and then you'll just get some random horrible imagery in the loading screens that like almost flash on and off and you, you're not sure if you've seen them especially if you're playing it like i was at two, half two in the morning <laughs> uh, you know and you're like did i just fucking see that but also the messages start to change so you no longer get little tips and tricks it'll say things like do you feel like a hero yet and like, no, 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 I don't feel like a hero. Or it'll say things like, um, so far you've killed 162 civilians, but they're just video game characters, so it doesn't matter, does it? Question mark. And things like <clears> that. <throat> Unfortunately, Min didn't get to experience that at all because we played it on an Xbox Series S and the loading screens were so fast. And there's, there's no, <laughs> often yeah. it skipped loading screens altogether. I don't think I saw a single loading screen. Not for the, no. Well, no. I think there was a couple at the, near at the start, but then towards the end, it just skipped them. So... If you are playing that now, it's kind of a shame because it's only a little detail yeah. that I think enhances the game. But if you play that on a modern, on a, um, I guess, this-gen console now, PS5, Xbox X, Xbox Series S or whatever, 
you are going to just completely miss out on that. I think it's worth googling Spec Ops loading screens if you're interested in, in looking at them. Because I think yeah, but I mean, I I think I did say to you, I'm not too bummed out about it because when I play games, I don't react the same way that no. you do. No, she um, doesn't have as much uh, empathy as I do. Yeah, know. because it's a video game. But um, I think you know that kind of screen say, "No, do you feel like a hero yet? No, I hate Chris. Yeah, the exactly. douchebag. Or Chris, it's not Chris." Oh, Chris Walker is a Captain Walker, sorry, Captain, I knew I was going to do it. You know what? Eventually, listeners, we are going to do a podcast about Outlast because it's one of my favourite yeah. games. And then in that podcast, you'll be like, Martin Walker. <laughs> Martin Walker did this. Martin Walker. Martin Walker. Martin Walker. Yeah. So I don't think Captain it would um, Okay, Captain Walker. I don't yeah. think it would have really affected me. And if it was like, oh, you've killed 198 uh, civilians, I'd be like, yeah, I shot him. And what? Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the difference between so, you and me. I felt so, terrible. No, about but it. I'm just saying, don't feel yeah. bad that I missed no, out on No, cause... I'm just saying, you know. Um, but anyway, so. Um, so the game, as I said, it, it sort of presents itself as a military shooter. Um, after you have bumped into the locals and the Americans, it seems like there is some kind of civil war going on between them. Mm. Um, you see some horrible shit in this early part of the game. Like I think you go into a hotel pretty early in the game and you see like uh, American soldiers with bags over their heads lined up against a wall with blood splatter behind mm-hmm. them. Clearly they have been... It, I think one of them says oh my god this is a massacre and Captain Walker says this isn't a massacre this was an execution you know they were yeah. you know they were killed um, and you eventually you know you, you find out the CIA are involved and, yeah. and there's somehow the CIA here and it seems like the CIA are fighting with the locals against the American soldiers who have gone rogue and it just seems like a complete mess um, and at this point when you realise uh, so the 33rd Battalion are going to war with the locals and it seems like they're killing the locals um Captain Walker's like, well, this can't be right because Comrade's a brilliant man. He wouldn't allow this. And you know, he's uh, when the two of the guys are like, well, how do you know, you know, that it's not Conrad? And he's like, no, no, I know Conrad. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's like Conrad. That, that's it, it. Conrad would not do this. So something is going on. So then Walker's mission changes again. Doesn't really yeah. discuss it. I kind of feel like Lugo and Adams should, uh, and I'm not saying this is a criticism, you know, because soldiers and everything. But if I were them, I'd be like. You don't just get to change the orders because he changes the orders again and says, okay, now our mission is to either find Comrade and rescue him if he's in prison. See, they, or... did, they did show the disdain when he did it because they yeah. were like, are you sure? I'm like, oh, I don't think we should be doing this. But then I think um, Lugo more than Adams were like, well, he's the captain. Well, I think they both eventually say, well, we've yeah. got to do it, haven't we? But um, they're, like, we sh- they're like, we're shooting American soldiers here. You know, we don't feel like we're doing anything good. Why don't we just leave now? And let the um, the the fucking they, they say this multiple times. Yeah, let the military sort it out. And Captain Walker's like, no, Conrad is here somewhere. He's a good soldier. You know, some we need to find out what's happened. <clears throat> and this, you know, you, you think, okay, we're going to find out what's happened. Um, I've got to say, throughout the game as well, you've got like this radio DJ um, who's um, teasing you. So there's like speakers set up everywhere. He's and made he, these speakers by himself, by the way. He's so made the speakers just... by himself, yeah. And he uh, he's like. Oh, who are you guys? What are you guys doing here? Some more Americas. Oh, great. And all this. Can I, again, the minute I heard him, flipping hated him. <laughs> like, honestly, he's so garish and, and douchebaggy and he's like one of those people who think he's a character. Yeah. He really reminded me of someone I used to work with. Yeah, I know um, exactly. Don't know exactly who I'm talking about. but Yeah, but it's just like, I'm a character. Look yeah, at me. he's one of those guys who, who you know, thinks he's a huge a charismatic guy but actually everyone hates his well he's just a disc jockey you know? he's yeah. meant to be a disc jockey oh god I hate but him. there is a really cool thing with him where he plays music and this game again I said it already but this game is very influenced by Apocalypse Now I mean so much so that there are shots in the game that are like 
com- like an actual reference to yeah. Apocalypse Now. It's so much so that when Comrade does appear in the game, he's wearing the exact same stuff that Colonel Kurtz from Apocalypse Now, who is the same character, is wearing. Um, and he, um, so throughout the game, the DJ plays like really cool sort of Americana Vietnam era <laughs> music, which makes it feel even more like. Sorry, listeners, that wasn't me opening a can of coke. That was me sneezing. <laughs> she, she sneezes like she opens a can of coke. Uh, so you'll play music, so you'll be fighting through the levels and you'll hear like, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na in the background and stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, so you know, you're, you're going with Lugo and Adams and they're questioning you, but they're kind of like, you know, it's fine, this is what we've got to do. And then it, the game shifts on a single moment that happens around chapter eight. Um, so, Well, before we get to that point, can I just, I want to just tell you how cleverly they've done this. Yeah. Quite early on, um, there's a bit where there's uh, one single civilian who runs out at you. Oh, yeah. And it's done really well because it makes you panic. It's a woman in a burqa, isn't it? It's a woman in a burqa. No, no, is it, is it a burqa? No, it's just a woman, I think. I'm she pretty got, sure it's just a woman. Oh, uh, I thought she had a, a hijab or a burqa. But it's very yeah. hard to tell that she's a civilian. And it kind of, because of the way you're flanked and yeah. enemies do just pop out every now and then. Yeah. Um, your, in- your instant reaction is to just drag on. Yeah. Shoot, shoot now. Ask questions later, and I did shoot her, and I think even I said to you, "Oh my, oh, I, I shot a civilian. Shit, like yes. I didn't, you know, because I'm not going to go out of my way to purposefully shoot as a, a civilian for no reason. No, it's um, not like Grand Theft Auto, is it? No, it's not Grand yeah. Theft Auto. I mean, I'd do it in that, but yeah, not in this yeah, game. but this is a different kind of game. This is a different it? kind of game, you know. And I had no reason to shoot a civilian at this point, and uh, she popped out of nowhere like a whack a mole. I killed her, and. I do remember saying to you, don't judge me, I didn't do that on purpose. Like, she just came out of nowhere. She's so clever. Um, and I think even they were like, oh, shit. And it's, it's yeah. this is one life. Now, chapter eight, I think it it's was. It's the gate, say? chapter eight, This yeah. is the point where it turns. Now, do you, do you want to explain Yeah, well, happens? just before I do, so just before this point, you walk through an environment where, so, where, I tell you what, just very quickly, like, the game itself in terms of mechanics is, I mean, I remember reading some criticism that it was just, like, one kills one after another, like, and it is, it's, it's like, you are, you do spend 90% of the game in firefights, and you do go from one firefight to the next, mm. and there's a couple of times where you're separated from your comrades and have to fight by yourself, and there's a couple of times where you come back together, but generally it is just the same thing, you know, luckily, it's only six hours long, if it was 12 hours long, I think it well, might I get a bit... I think it's perfect length. Yeah, it might, get a bit, it might get a bit tiring if it was too long, um, but... Um, there's a part in the game just before this point where the um, where you walk through a, a battlefield or what's left of a battlefield where white phosphorus has been used. So white phosphorus is a chemical weapon. It's actually banned by the Geneva Convention. It's, I think it's horrific. It's horrific. Yeah. So it, it's like it lands on people's skin and burns them from the inside out, and it is just nightmarish. It's, it's going to be like a slow, painful death. Yeah. So you walk through this environment where white phosphorus has been used, and you see. Uh, all these burned out bodies of people screaming and begging you to kill them and things like that and it's just it's just horrible uh, when you get to chapter 8 <clears throat> you uh, find yourself on top of this balcony and you look down and you see there's like what seems to be like an army of soldiers below the 33rd battalion soldiers and at this point Walker has convinced himself now the 33rd have gone rogue they are bad you know don't know what's happened to Comrade but the 33rd have gone bad so you uh, you, you, you think well we need to get past them and again Lugo and Adam say well, we can't. So why don't we go? Like we can't get yeah. past an entire army. They're like we cannot take two, three, of, three us of us. Cannot take this on. Even though they kind of do in the game, but it's like there's three of us. Let's just go. But Walker says no. We need to get past them. And at this point, they realise that there's like a stash of white phosphorus at the top of the balcony. All on. set up, ready to go. Yeah, and it's set up with mortars and everything. And they say, well, we could just use the white phos. 
They um, don't say that. I think no. Walker says Walker that. I think Lugo says we've just seen what it does. We cannot do this. It's it's beyond the pale. Like it is over the line. It's crossing the line. Get it? <laughs> it's crossing the line. We can't do this. And Walker says we've got no choice. And that is a theme of the game. We have no choice. We have to do this. Yeah. And I think Lugo says there is always a choice. Captain Walker, you don't have to do this. And he says, no, we do. We've got to get past him. This is the only way we've got to do it. So he forces them to do it. And I think when he says, right, we're going to fire this white phosphorus. Lugo, you, you know, target or whatever. Lugo says, is that an order? He goes, yes, it's an order. And he goes, right, I'll do it then. But he's like, I want you to know that I'm only doing this because you're telling me to. Yeah. I don't want to do it. So at this point... Again, I feel like this is him trying to like... Because you know how he said you've always got a choice? Yeah. I feel like he wants... Walker to know the blood is on your hands. Yeah. It's kind of for himself shifting the blame off of him as well. Yeah, definitely. And he's saying, I don't, well, he's saying that. Is this an order? I want you to know that I'm not doing this at my it own free It is, but it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that he's always, he's preaching, there's always a choice. Yeah. But then goes on to say, They're taking away your choice. Not not even that I'm taking away your choice, but that um, you have a choice, yet you're still blaming me. Yeah, that's true. Lugo could have just said, no, I'm refusing. Yeah, but he still did it. Wants yeah. him to know that it's because it's an order, but it's like, but you were just, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very, I know what you mean. very ironic, but I think everyone's always trying to like pass the blame. In yeah, this game. oh, definitely. That is yeah. another theme of the game. Who is to blame for this? You know, yeah. who is to blame? There's all, there has to be someone to blame because it can't be me. You know, that, that kind of thing. Um, so the gameplay shifts slightly here and you drop white phosphorus. You have to sort of like hover above in a bird's eye view. It's, it's not, top down. Yeah, it's not very it's, fleshed out. It's not very, it's about 30 seconds yeah, long to you, a minute. Yeah, you target different places with white phos. Uh, and when you get down there, you walk through, you know, the, the screaming, horrendous, twisted, burning bodies of the soldiers that you've killed. And eventually you get to one soldier who is burning to death. And when Captain Walker gets to him, he, he looks up at Captain Walker and says, Why? Like, well, he says, like, why? why? Why did you do this? And Captain Walker says, you didn't give us a choice. Yeah, we had no choice. We had to do this. And he says, we were trying to help. And then dies. And at that point, oh, God, it's so horrible. At that point, the three of them, Walker, Lugo, and Adams, walk forward and see that in these massive shipping containers are actually full of civilians. And they've just accidentally used white phosphorus on... 50, 60 no, civilians. This is why it's so heartbreaking and like it's such a grey area because Captain Walker hasn't done this because he's wanted to kill civilians. He's done this because he thought this was genuinely the right thing to do. You know, he thought this was a rogue battalion that's killing locals. Killing lo- locals. Um, he, he thought that he was driven to... He, he thought he had no choice. Yeah. Um, but when he sees what he's done, it's like, I didn't mean to kill these people, but I just have. But then he, he says... Conrad made us do this. Yeah, well, what happens is you walk into this one of these shipping containers and there is this iconic but absolutely nightmarish scene of a mother in, like, a headscarf yeah. with her, a little girl in her arms and she has covered the little girl's hand, her eyes with her arm and they both burn to death and it is just horrible. And as you walk in, there's this amazing moment where Walker stares at the, the girl and the mum and you start to hear Lugo and Adams arguing in the background, saying, mm. what have we done, what have we done? And they start pushing each other and arguing and stressing out. And you hear this, like, feedback, this yeah. feedback in Walker's ears. And it's like, this is a moment where he, he, he snaps. This is a moment where he's done something that he literally cannot handle the guilt of. It snaps, and suddenly... It's, it's, back, it's a real turning point. It's back into focus, and he says, we're going to move out to, to his companions. And they say, but are we not going to... What, look, look at what, what we've, we've done. just done and he says we've got to make them pay for this yeah like not me 
not me, I haven't done this, we've got to make them pay for this. And the two of them are like, what do you mean make them pay for it? And he's like, we've got to go get Conrad, we've got to make whoever is responsible for this pay for this, and just goes on. And this is a point where, yeah, I think that he he he, he breaks. He definitely, I mean, he's been breaking throughout, and yeah. like Joe said, the theme of this game is passing the blame. And you do see Captain Walker constantly saying, oh, you know, how, how dare they do this? And, yeah. oh, we've got no choice, they made us do this. You know, or if you shoot a soldier, it's like, well, we had to. Yeah. And it's always like, guns now, shoot later, otherwise we'll get shot. There's a point earlier on where uh, you rescue an American soldier who's been yeah. tortured by a CIA agent, and when you rescue him, you have the option to shoot him, and you did, I think. And the other guys are like, you just shot an American soldier. I think this is like maybe like the first American soldier mm. that you kill. And he's like, why did you do that? And he says, I had no choice. You know, he would have shot us first, so I took the decision. And you're like, all right, okay. You know, so it is this constant idea of... There is a villain here. We just need to find them. But I think this this is such a cool turning point because it's like you literally told them to white foss him. Yeah. Like you did that. It was, there it was, was no Walker. need for that. No Walker one told did you that. to do it. You didn't have to do it. You could have left at any point. Like at any point he says I have no choice. He had the choice at any point to turn around and leave. Just leave. But well, both of them. And that yeah. and they would have been commended for it because that was their orders. You yeah. know, Walker could have just left. But, but I just think this is such a, a cool bit because it's like, well, you know, you lit- we've literally just saw you do it and you've, yeah. you're saying we need to make them pay for it. But you're like, you as the player, like, but you've done it. Yeah, and because of his need to be the hero, because yeah. of his need to prove that he's right about Comrade, you know, these this woman and child have been burned to death. And yeah. not just this woman and child, but many others. And as I said what you need now and I and honestly it's really interesting right because when I played this game for the first time I I think that I was thinking in the same lines as Captain Walker uh, honestly I was which was like I couldn't believe what what had just happened like I've mm. never seen anything I don't think anything from a video game has shocked me quite like this honestly yeah. I, I would be happy to say this is the most shocking moment of a video game I've ever played especially because at this time I still thought it was just going to be a military shooter yeah. I didn't realise it was a horror game you know I thought this is going to be a military shooter and at the time, I was like, someone needs to pay for this. Like, I need to know who... Yeah. I need to know... Like, I'd seen Apocalypse Now. You know, I'd read Heart of Darkness. Oh, I've read I've read Heart of Darkness. I've seen Apocalypse Now. I knew that Colonel Conrad was going to be bad, right? Because yeah. at this point, I was already kind of getting those vibes, okay? And I was like, right, Colonel Conrad is the villain. I can't stop playing it. Because I was planning at this point, when I was playing it for the first time, of like stopping at some point and going to bed. <laughs> but like after the White Foss scene, I was like... No, I need to. I need to get to the villain. I need to know whose fault this is, so I don't feel so fucking awful, because I felt shit. You know, like I felt so bad, and and I think it's the same thing Captain Walker wants. And to be fair, he does find a villain not long after, because just after this point, you you find a walkie-talkie, um, and Com- um, Colonel Conrad is on the other end, and he says, you know, like, you know. Um, I, I know who you are. Oh, no, he doesn't actually, does he? When <laughs> oh, you're right, because this is really weird, because uh, you talk to Conrad, and he's like, who is this? And Walker is obviously like, um, it's, Martin Walker. It's Captain Martin Walker. Oh, you know, we, we fought together in Afghanistan, and he's like, oh, yeah. And he goes, really oh, remember. yeah, I remember and he's you, like, yeah. you saved my life. And he's like, well, yeah, I saved many lives. Yeah, he goes, yeah, I think I remember. Yeah, yeah, you fought well. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, you saved my life. Well, you know, I've saved you know, lots, I saved of, lots lives. of lives. So it's, it's kind of like one of those moments where someone thinks that they're real good mates with yeah. someone. And then when you, when it comes down to it, you say hi to them and they're like, who the fuck are you? 
Yeah. And there's people like watching you being like, I thought you were mates. Like, it's really... It's awkward, isn't it? It's really fucking awkward. And then for the rest of the game, you're in contact with Comrade, who is, you know, baiting you. He, uh, he tries to... Oh, actually, just after you find the radio, he tries to prove a point where he takes you onto this, like, road uh, and there's two criminals um, hanging up. We say criminals. they tied in by the hands, comedy, yeah. yeah. One of them has stolen water so one of them is a civilian who's supposedly stolen water which is by the way um sort of regulated because it's, it's such a yeah so it, they're in a um a sandstorm it, well place, the, I guess. the army are running the city under martial yeah. law aren't they? Yeah. yeah so you know water is a real rare commodity and uh, i guess stealing water is a crime punishable it's by a, death it's a criminal a capital um, offense yeah. so he's supposedly stolen water and then you've got um to the side of him an American soldier who's also strung up because uh, rather than just apprehending this civilian who's stolen water, he's taken upon himself to shoot his entire family. Um, and I think Conrad has the point that, you know, one, the civilian has caused all of this because he stole water. Yeah. So all these lives are, you know, going to go because of him. But then on the other hand, this mental soldier has just killed his entire wife and family and children for no reason, just off of his own back. So they're both scum. I think he says you know, five lives have been lost because yeah. these two animals couldn't control themselves. Yeah, for two very different reasons. So he tells Walker, so Walker says, actually I don't think he tells him this, no, but no, Walker says, oh doesn't. I get it, we have to choose. It's like, he has to either choose to shoot one of the criminals and choose which one dies, or you can choose to not shoot them. But, but bearing in mind that um, there's also snipers yeah. with like little lasers pointing to each and each of the heads. So, so, have to- <laughs> so this is a situation where Min did the right thing, but for the wrong reasons. So do you describe what you did? Yeah, well, I already said that I took a real disliking to Conrad. I had bad juju about him. Um, and I was like, bitch, you are not telling me what to do. I, I, I genuinely hate that in video games when a douchebag tells me what to, what to do. Like, I, I'm instantly like, well, I'm not doing it then. So because, like, the, the entire thing was, well, you have to choose because I've told you so. And if you don't, I'm going to shoot both of them. I was like, fuck, fuck it, shoot both of them then. Yeah. I'm going to try and take out the snipers instead. So both the civilians <laughs> died, but Min managed to take out the snipers and survive. And yeah. we got a trophy for like not doing what they said on achievement. Sorry for not doing what they said, but yeah. Um, but but really, it pushes you towards picking one. Like the choice that I took isn't an obvious one because you just presume that A, either you're going to get sniped or B, they're both going to get sniped and you'll yeah. get a game over. But luckily we didn't. So you, you know, so the, for the rest of the game, after this point, Conrad's, con- like I say, constantly baiting you and provoking yeah. you and telling you that, you know, you are not helping anyone here. You're making it worse and all this kind of shit. Um, you eventually do another, probably even more horrendous thing than the White Foss. I mean, the White Foss is definitely the most striking thing in the game, but you actually do do something that probably results in more death, which is when eventually you run into a, a CIA agent. Every time the CIA are involved, they make things worse. I think. I think that's just true for real life. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know, American Dad has taught me a lot about the CIA. Um, but this is this American uh, CIA agent who says that the reason that the the locals and the American soldiers are at war because they've armed the locals. They've come and they've been like, right, we need to deal with this incident. We can't just let the American these rogue soldiers carry on like this. So they give weapons to the locals and riled them up and got them to fight against the Americans. They've caused this whole civil war. But the the agent that you run into is a guy called Agent Riggs. Is the last one? Yeah, Riggs says, okay, the actual thing, the the plan is, uh, we can defeat the third battalion, thirty third battalion, if we take their water supply. Uh, we're in the desert; water is everything. Mm. So he gets you to help hijack their water trucks, but then crashes them. And but we weren't told about this. We no, just thought that he we were tells gonna you take it. he's going to get the water and he's going to drive away with it, 
and basically blackmail the 33rd to either surrender in or just wait until they all dehydrate. But then what happens is when you get on the trucks, you have like a, a vehicle, typical vehicle section mm. where you hang off the vehicle and it shoot wasn't, stuff. It, it really wasn't fun. I think I, I, I died a couple of times, so I had to get Joe to do it. Um, not because it was difficult, but... No, just no, 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 I did it, I did it, I did it, didn't I? No, I did it. You sure? Yeah, no, I definitely did it. Yeah, you didn't like it. Um, it's just it's just like oh, a typical it, yeah. vehicle section where you have like sometimes you have quite a small window of opportunity to shoot stuff. It, and if it you was don't, just it wasn't it wasn't damage. the most fun part but of the game. But eventually, um, it, it eventually Riggs, who's driving the truck, realizes that you know we're not getting out of this, so he purposely drives the truck and explodes it. Um, and this is another turning point, I think, because after this point, Walker, so you're in this horrible vehicle crash. Walker has like half of his face burnt off. Um, so yeah. it looks a bit like Two Face from Batman. He's got like no sleeves left on his shirt, and he's you know his, his, ear, of up. his ear is hanging off. So he's starting to reflect how he is on the inside, I guess. Um, and Riggs is trapped under this burning truck. And Riggs you, is a CIA the CIA guy. agent, yeah. And Walker approaches him and says, "Why did you do that? Why Why did you do that?" And he says, "Listen, this wasn't about you know blackmailing them or getting to surrender. We need this to be done." And he says. If the UAE found out what the 33rd Battalion had been doing in Dubai, if they would call, they would declare war on America, and it would cause World War Three. So I've got to, I had to do this, right? I, and I know that everyone in Dubai is going to die if I destroy this water, but good because then that's the end of it. See, and this is what I love about this game is the whole grey area thing yeah. because on the surface you could be like, wow, this Riggs is insane. He's willing to A, kill himself because this was basically a suicide yeah, mission. Yeah, he says, he says, I knew I wasn't yeah, going to survive it. Yeah, it was a suicide it. mission and he's willing to, you know, um, dehydrate not only the 33rd Battalion but also all these civilians who didn't ask America to be there in the no. first place. Um, but then at the same time, I think I made this point to you, his intention is to stop a world war yeah. in which... It's not just going to be the civilians and the thirty third that are going to die. It's going to be like millions of, well, thousands and thousands more uh, lives caught in the crossfire of a, an actual war. Yeah. So it's like you know he's just looking at on on a, a bigger scale, the bigger picture, but at the same time, thousands and thousands of people are going to die. Thousands of people are going to die in a world war, or you can have hundreds of people. No, no, I'm saying thousands of people yeah. are going to die from dehydration. Yeah, or, or you could have like way more in a world war. Yeah, so or potentially like, millions. You know, you know, it's kind of like the lesser of two evils, and it depends on which which aspect you're looking at it from. Obviously, Captain Walker is going to be like, well, this guy's evil, so it's fine. But then, yeah. if you look into it, it's like, but at the it, same time, it's such a like you say, it's such a clever it's grey area. Really clever. Because and I think I said this at the time. This is the same argument, the same philosophy that led to America dropping an atomic bomb on Japan. Yeah, which was that. Well, yeah, we're going to kill hundreds of thousands of civilians by dropping the bombs, but we're going to save millions of lives more by ending a war. And it's the same. And it's again, people have disagreed, argued about this forever. Can you ever justify doing something like that? You know, can you justify killing hundreds of thousands or even just a thousand in this case, innocent people for a greater good? And it's like it's go the to whole, their families, um, go to their children, and say, "Don't worry, your mum died for, for exactly. a good cause." Exactly. It's, it's the whole like using these civilians as pawns again. Yeah. It's like your life is being sacrificed without your choice in order to prevent prevent like millions more deaths. I'm sorry, this is not very fun, listeners. It's is not it, you fun, know? but this it's, is what it's the just game very gets sad you. and depressing. But it, but but it's this important. is what the game gets you thinking about because like yeah. initially when when you crash that tanker, you are horrified that this was in his intention, and mm. some players might even be like really angry that Captain Walker wasn't informed about it because he's kind of tricked into it. I guess. Yes, you know, yes, then, yeah, definitely tricked into it. But then at the same time, it's like, but. 
you know, the same way Conrad or Walker, uh, Walker is, uh, is doing what he's doing, Riggs had his, you know, his, his reasoning behind why he's done it. Yeah. He's obviously wanted to be a hero in a different sense as well. So. Uh, well, the fact is, in the same way as well, that, you know, I think you mentioned earlier that really clever moment where you first kill that civilian by mm. accident. And then, and like I say, that's something that you do in gameplay, but I think it's intended for you to do that. Yeah. And then by the end of the game, you've killed a lot of civilians. And it's the same way that, like, you become desensitized to the numbers. You know, you, you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's a point early on that we didn't really cover in great detail where you have a choice to either try and save a different CIA agent because he might have some information that will help you or save some civilians. Yeah. And there is an argument on both sides and I think you eventually chose to save the CIA no, agent. No, I, I did it very quickly. I chose the CIA agent because my, my reasoning in that, in that uh, instance was... The civilian isn't going to have any answers. Yeah. The CIA guy will definitely be able to tell me something. But again, that's the same, the same thing, isn't it? That you kind of like not seeing those civilians yeah, as like, human beings well, it's, with it's thoughts a, and feelings and lies and It's families. the whole porn thing, isn't it? It's like you have decided their fate, you know, and you've decided that they're they're going to be sacrificed for the greater good without yeah, their consent. Exactly. And there's a brilliant moment actually that I want to actually talk about very quickly in that scene where you can either choose to, to shoot to save the CIA agent or the civilians. There's a brilliant scene where they're trying to get the CIA agent to talk. Okay, they're trying to get him to tell them why they're here. I think he's mm-hmm. saying like, "Why are you here? What's your plan?" And he won't talk. And they've got like civilians lined up, gagged and like um, uh, hogtied. Yeah. And they bring them out one at a time, and they're shooting the civilians in the head in front of the CIA agent, and saying, "You know, we're going to keep shooting them in the head until you tell us oh, why yeah, you're here." Oh yeah, that was a brilliant. And yeah. he says, <laughs> and as he's got this woman, the as the uh, the member of the thirty third has got this woman on the ground who's screaming and begging for her life and he's got a gun to her head and he's shooting an assault rifle sorry, around her head saying, we're going to shoot her in the head unless you tell us why you're here. He says, tell us why you've come and caused so much misery and destruction to these people. As he's as like he's, fucking shooting as, them. As he's blowing the brains out one at a time to try and get him to talk and it's the exact same thing. The 33rd think they're doing right for the, the people of Dubai but what they're actually doing in this scene is going, well, you know what, we're going to use these people as uh, tool to get the CIA agent to talk when he execute them one at a time in front of him until he talks but it's fine because it's for the greater good because yeah. we're going to save them from the CIA and the CIA think well you know what we are going to kill thousands of people by dehydrating them but it's fine but it's fine because it'll save World War like a World War 3 which is even worse so it's and, fine and for Walker it's like well yeah I'm going to kill like all these crazy 33rds yeah. and, and maybe get some uh, well there's also the you forget as well he's also fighting against the civilians because yeah. the civilians who come uh, the civilians that attack you as well because they think you're an American soldier which I, I was like rightly so yeah. because imagine like you had unwanted soldiers in your your country that you didn't ask for yeah. who were like you know deciding how you live your life and shooting at you and killing your family and caused all this pandemonium like of course you'd be better yeah but again, like you say, Walker's doing all that and then going, yeah, but this is, I'm, but yeah, I'm, and, but I'm and, a hero. And, and also if they, you know, trying to stone you to death or, or trying to like kill you or, or you know, um, shoot you if, you if they've managed to get your hand on the gun, at the end of the, the day, you're going to have to shoot them. Yeah. Regardless of whether you think they're justified or not because otherwise you'll die. Well, the fact like, is, you're helping them. So it's fine, isn't it? You're doing yeah. this for them. If you've got to shoot a few of them in the process, then who cares? But it's like, what, what I was saying was like, Walker is you know, killing a few people in the process. But it's fine because you're, you're saving Conrad, who's a good man. Yeah, and, and potentially you. saving the people of Dubai because yeah. when, uh, when um, <laughs> again, there's a really funny, I say funny, right? When I say funny, listeners, I'm not saying we it's We mean funny. like ironic. It's ironic, yeah. It's it's black, you know, tragic irony. It's not, 
it's not funny really but there's a moment after you realize that you have destroyed this tanker and there's a really powerful bit as well where you see all the civilians scrabbling around in the dust trying to get as much water as they can filling up containers and basically telling you to go away you yeah. know you fucking americans why have you done this you've done why why are you here it's like americans here going don't worry guys we're trying to help you and the americans <laughs> have just destroyed the city you know what it reminded me of if anyone's seen that that um little picture of that dog in a burning building with a cup of tea oh, and yeah. it says this is fine it's yeah. just they're like grimacing that's you what know, it reminded you haven't me seen of. Team America World Police have you no. there's a bit in Team America so Team America World Police is a film about uh, the people who made South Park um, where they're like little puppets and at the start of the film terrorists are attacking Paris and you know America yeah. Team America come in and they save the day by destroying the the terrorists but in the process just flatten Paris like they, they blow up the Eiffel Tower but, but at the end of it they're like don't, you, don't, you don't need to thank us guys you saved and they're like what the hell have you done you've destroyed everything and that's what it's like it's like Team America it's like they've come in and they've fucked everything and this, and going don't worry guys you don't have to thank us for saving yet and the civilians are like leave us the fuck they've alone they've got like the leg of their auntie in the, the hand yeah. and like an eyeball dripping out and they're like you're welcome yeah, we saved you don't worry no need to thank us guys but um so after you've destroyed the water, Walker decides, I've got a new mission now, mm. and that is to save as many people as I can from Dubai. Uh, and yeah. the, way, the way I'm going to do this, I'm going to send like a broadcast over a radio tower, and you have to make it to where the... I won't go into too much detail, but you've got to make it to where the radio DJ is yeah. and use his equipment. Um, one thing I do want to say about this bit is, one thing that's really cool, and again, as to this atmosphere of it being a horror game, is that you know you must you know that this must be eating away at captain walker i mean he's white foster or civilians yeah he's done horrendous things and he's just denying it from that point on by the way you do get like um random flashes every so yeah. often where he'll he'll sort of like he'll either hallucinate like he'll see things that aren't there yeah um or you'll just have like a flashback or it'll go white and you'll get like static noise and that kind of thing or there's a bit where you go to kill a soldier and it's adam's yeah adam's face going yeah. you've did all that you killed all those people and like you shoot him and then adam's is behind you going what, what what's wrong you're like oh nothing nothing he startled me that's all yeah um but you, you look at it you think this must be eating away at him but one thing you but he doesn't show it mm. he just he just is stoic he's like no i'm fine he just really wants to press forward i need to prove that i'm a hero i need to prove that there's a villain in this story but adams and lugo you can tell that they're kind of looking at walker with growing mistrust yeah and growing hatred and paranoia and they're starting to unravel and there's a bit in the radio tower where you eventually find the DJ and the DJ surrenders immediately and says I'm not a fighter you know and Lugo sort of tricks him into helping you broadcast uh, this message mm. and then immediately shoots him in the head and at the start of the game all the way through Lugo has been this I mean quite level headed level well, he's like the voice of reason yeah. he's like we, we can't do this guys he's always like the guy on the right um, and at the start you are um I think when you're walking into Dubai right at the start he's like telling jokes like yeah. he's the joker I think at the start is like um uh, you know, sir, a condition report, sir, I'm chafed. You know, a foreign insurgency has invaded my pants, you know, yeah. and then chafing <laughs> me or whatever. But then by this point, there's no jokes. No. There's no smiles. There's just anger and mistrust. And you see them unravel and unravel. After you kill the DJ, you end up in a helicopter crash and Lugo's gone missing. Well, we don't kill the... Lugo, Lugo shoots the yeah. DJ, yeah. And after you leave this, you get on a helicopter and it ends up crashing and Lugo has been separated. When you eventually reach Lugo he has been hanged by a group of locals. So this like guy who's like, telling jokes and always a level-headed one, you find him, um, you get there, and you hear him on the radio saying, come quick, come quick, oh my God, leave me alone, leave me alone. And these locals have grabbed him because he's, un- he's unarmed and he's broken his arm from the crash, I think. Yeah. And they drag him and, and they hang him from basically like a lamppost, basically. And you get there too late. 
you shoot the the rope down, but he's already dead. And you're surrounded by civilians who have got rocks and are baying for your blood. And Adams is begging you to let him shoot them. He's like, let me shoot them, let me shoot them, let me shoot them. And then you eventually you take the decision to shoot them. So when you first played it, didn't you say that even you had a little bit of a... Yeah, yeah I know what you're going to say. At this point, you don't have to shoot them, okay? So there is two ways out of the situation. So after you Lugo's dead uh, and you, you realise he's died, Adams is losing it and he's like, I want to kill them. Let me kill them all. Let me shoot them. Let me shoot them. Give me the order. Give me the order. Uh, at this point, you can, if you want, melee attack them instead. So you can press B to, to hit them yeah, with the butt of your angle. Which you don't really do If much. you do that, you end up in a fight where they throw rocks at you, but you can run away and you can survive it's quite difficult or you can shoot them and I'm not going to lie listen, I am a little bit ashamed to say this I was like at the time I, I was like you killed Lugo he did nothing you know he was a good one you know he he didn't white foss anyone he didn't want to hurt anyone you know and you know like I felt bad because I liked Lugo yeah. and it was horrible what the hell has just happened this is nightmarish so did you actually shoot and them so I shot them so and it was out of anger and it was only afterwards when I was reflecting on it that so I was you were like, like Adams then yeah it was only afterwards I was reflecting on it that I was like who can blame them for doing this well this is exactly how I felt isn't it when um, when I played it I did the same thing as Joe I, I shot them but um, not because of anger because I, I, did, I did say to you at the time didn't I that I was like well they don't know Lugo's good, do they? they no. As far as they're concerned, he's a 33rd. Well, I think you said something like, at the time, you, you were like, oh, trust him to go for the one with the broken arm who's unarmed. That's what I felt like. It was like he couldn't even defend himself. But then why should he defend himself? In their eyes, he's one of the American soldiers that has called all this. He's yeah. one of the soldiers that has white-fossed the family and shot the, you know, the civilians and taken the water and just caused havoc probably been horrible to them yeah they're not going to be able to differentiate it they didn't ask for them to be there so of course they're going to be angry and you know that he might be unarmed but he could have radioed in for more help like he did for us two you know you know what i mean they have to take every precaution you can't blame them no no now i know that obviously you know i totally agree with you but when i was playing it that first time i was so like smothered by the atmosphere and so like you know, I'd spent all this time with it that I wasn't thinking rationally, you know. But it just, it puts such, like, he- heaviness on on the shots that you do. Yeah. But I did shoot them because it, I was like, who are you throwing a sandal at, bitch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the game, the whole point of the game is to make you feel the weight of your actions. Yeah. And it really did. And it was only afterwards, like, after you kill the civilians and you leave with Adams, there's a little scene where... You sit. You sat next to Adams. I think you have to wait out a sandstorm, and you sat next to Adams. And and Walker says, "Listen, Lugo's death wasn't our fault." Adams goes, "Our fault. It was your fault. His blood is on your hands." And he kind of puts his finger up and like a finger gun and goes bang, like his mom, mo- like he's like uh, mimicking, mimicking shooting you. And it's like he fucking hates me. Yeah, he, me. So he hates Walker. He hates us because of what we've done, and who can blame him? It was only at that point that I started to reflect and was like, "I've just shot loads of civilians." And no one can blame them. Like again, I've just done what I'm criticizing. But then you, know? but then you can't. You also can't blame Walker for shooting them because it's like. <sighs> so is he meant to let these civilians like sandal him to death? And after what I say, been... sandal. I'm pretty sure they didn't even have a sandal. No, you just been. <laughs> you just. You just. But you're putting a sandal in their hands. I've, for some reason, I've armed him with sandals. They didn't have. <laughs> they had rocks. Players. They had rocks. They didn't yeah. have sandals. I'm sorry. I don't know why. I think that's your upbringing coming back. Probably. To you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's like, you know, just because you understand that they are justified in their anger, do you then let them 
pummel you to death. No, I'm sorry, but you are no, going to have to press on. It's, it's just, like it's just horrible. And Walker's obviously been through so much at this point, but it, a lot of it he's caused. And the whole at this point in the game, it's you're there to save the civilians, and you've just got gunned. Yeah, thirty of them down. Oh, but um, it's not too long after that that you lose your second companion. You eventually make it to Conrad's compound, and on your way in, you get attacked, and Adams basically commits suicide by, by chopper by by chopper yeah so you you get surrounded and you, they say like listen surrender there's no way out of this now and walker says to adams listen we should surrender because that's the only way we're going to get into to see comrade and adam says i don't want to i don't want to live anymore i think he he actually says this is a failure yeah may as well just go out we with failed bank. yeah and i think he says shoot me come on shoot Which, me again i think it's a really important part because that's a failure for um for walker isn't it yeah. Like to be told you have failed. And you've lost all your men. You've lost all your men. You've failed at everything you set out to do. But he says, to, he shouts at the um, the enemy around him, shoot me, shoot me, shoot me. And I think he pushes you over like an embankment yeah. and you fall off and he's like, shoot me, shoot me. And basically commits suicide like that. Oh, there's also a bit before that as well. It's really cool where you, when you event, when you get into like the final firefight of the game, um, you, the screen flicks and all of a sudden everything's on fire. And everyone's covered in white phosphorus and screaming and stuff, and they come up to you and grab you, and mm. you think you're on fire, and then it flicks off again, and you realise it's a PTSD flashback. Yeah, it's just horrible, but it's all going to be worth it, Sergeant Min. It's all going to be worth it to get to Conrad. Okay, if we can get to Conrad, we can prove that he is the bad guy. It's all going to be worth it in the end. What happens, Sergeant Min, when you do get to Conrad? So you're in this uh, really beautiful house, actually. It's like a yeah, it's like a sort of aquatic. It's mansion, very isn't aquatic. It? It's got fish all over the place, and there's quite a few levels. And the, you know, Conrad is talking to you over this um, radio, and he's like, "Yeah, come up to the top. I'll, I'll talk to you." Um, are you okay? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then at this point, um, you can either go straight there, or you can rifle around his stuff and try and find the intel files. At this point, I think um, there's there's two intelligence files. We found one, um, and then I couldn't find the other one. But it's really, it's quite interesting because it's like a suicide letter kind of style thing to his yeah, son. Yeah, I think you said something like, um, you're going to hear about me, son, and for that I'm really sorry yeah. to love you. And you also got to mention as well that when you get there, there's like eight soldiers and they say, yes. we're all that's left of the 33rd, we surrender. And they just like bow. We, sorry, we, we surrender, bowing. you win, Dubai is yours. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, sorry, I did m- m- miss that out. So there's eight left. So you've you've literally massacred not only the civilians but the entire thirty third. There's yeah. eight of them left. Um, so you go into this building and uh, I found that one intelligence file. And yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. I don't, I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but he says, "When you're done rifling through my shit or stuff, yeah, um, can you come up, please?" And I'm just like, "Bitch." That, that is what I was doing. <laughs> Bitch. Um, so you eventually, you know, go go up to the top floor, and there's a very young-looking Conrad there. Yeah. And he talks to you, and he's well, he's doing this beautiful, yeah. beautiful, intricate oil painting. Um, but he finishes just as you come in, and the the main centerpiece of it is, uh, lo and behold, a mother burning in white force, holding a child, it's and it's the exact, it's the exact yeah. same imagery. So as, the the big sort yeah. of panoramic portrait is painted is of the white phosphorus scene that you. It's really you saw powerful earlier. because it's like obviously the the straw that broke the camel's back, isn't it? And he's yeah. he's seeing that all over again. Um, and did he joke about like? No, no, he didn't. That, that was earlier on. But never mind. But, I think um, he says something like, you, you know, the um, the worst thing that happened to Dubai was you. Yes, yes, and yes. There's yes. a bit earlier on as well that I forgot to mention just before the end where, uh, I, so you, we didn't really go into too much detail about this, but throughout the game there's like different kinds of soldiers you fight. So there's like standard soldiers with guns, there's like nice specialists who run up to you and try and yeah. stab you. Which, by the way, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll talk to them when I'm summarising. But there's also like big guys in heavy armor, yeah. and one of them bursts through the door, and it's Lugo, and he says, and he starts shooting you, and he says like, "This is all your fault. There, the, you were the villain here. Mm. You came here and you fucked everything up. You are the bad guy." And that's what Comrade basically says. You know, you, yeah. the worst thing that ever happened to Dubai was you coming here. You know, when you came here, this, there was 4,000 people he says, still alive you know, in Dubai. Do you Dubai. feel like a hero? Like, yeah, so, yeah, this is all your fault. When, when you first came here, there were 4,000 people still alive in Dubai. How many do you think are alive now? How do you think you're going to live till the end of the day or the end of tomorrow now that you've got rid of the water supply and stuff? Um, and then what happens? And then, it like, it's it's, a, it's probably the coolest moment in the game. Yeah. Um, so, there's, there's like a... Is it a mirror? No, it's like... So, the, the painting's there. The, is it a mirror? The original... Before we get to that point, oh. the painting's there. The, the comrade oh, who sorry, was painting, yeah. he disappears from behind the painting. Uh, he walks behind the painting. You follow him and he's not there anymore. Yeah. There's like a walkway and at the end of the walkway, you find an elderly looking comrade. Well, we should have really known because Conrad wasn't that young. No. And yet we're seeing a very... I guess an idealistic version of Conrad, well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, probably the version of Conrad that Walker has in his head. Yeah. But when you get to the end of this walkway, looking out, looking out over Dubai, you find an elderly Conrad um, with a gun in his hand, who's committed suicide some time beforehand. Probably like, like months ago. He's decayed. Yeah. He's decayed, and you know Walker says he's been dead for a while. So that that little bit of intelligence that we found earlier on is actually a suicide letter, I guess. Um, the bit which was yeah, son, yeah. To, to his son. So he's been dead for ages. So the twist is is. Who has Chris? Uh, not Chris. Who's Martin Walker actually been talking to this the entire time? The answer is nobody. No one. Because it's, you get at this point, you get a montage, and the first clip it shows you is him picking up the walkie-talkie, which he communicates to Comrade with. And you can see clearly from the different angle that there's no batteries or wires in it. And again, you don't really think anything of it because you never see Adams or Lugo hearing it. Adams or Lugo never respond to it, do they? No. It's only Walker. It shows a clip of him going out onto the road where the two criminals were. Yeah. But in this version the criminals are already dead and, and it says um, Adam's walker and like what, what's wrong with him and Ad, uh, Lugo is like I don't know he just stopped yeah. he's just staring you all the way through all these clips of you interacting with Walker didn't happen uh, no. so with Comrade didn't happen Comrade was already dead so the my idea of it anyway sorry that's Jerry 2 scratching if you can hear that uh, my idea anyway was uh, you know he the white phosphorus moment was the moment that his conscience his psyche broke and he couldn't handle the guilt so he created Conrad almost this, like this, a new persona to, to pay, put the blame on yeah he, yeah exactly he created Conrad because he yeah. needed someone to carry the blame because he could not carry it himself like he literally was not psychologically strong enough to deal with the guilt and he had to create someone else to deal with that to carry that burden for him and that someone was Conrad who turned out never to be there in the first place but yeah so when it's all revealed that Conrad has been dead um you know, it was all your fault. Uh, you're faced with like a mirror, uh, and in this mirror, you, you, the player, are kind of on the screen, but you can see yourself in the reflection, and then you can see Conrad, um, and he's holding a gun to you, and, and, and I think he's like pressuring you, saying, you know, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna like, are you either gonna kill yourself? And no, I think he says, you've, I think, I think he says, you know what needs to happen oh, now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he raises a gun and points at you and says, when I count to one, I'm gonna shoot you, and then goes five, and Walker says. Uh, I don't know what to do I don't know what to do and he says you know what has to happen then he says four and this bit broke my heart because Walker says I didn't mean to hurt anybody yeah and, 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 and that really is believe case. it yeah he says I, I, I didn't mean to hurt anybody and Conrad says nobody ever does three it's, at that point you have a choice to pick that up is you. still the case like despite him making Conrad like it's obviously a, a mental thing that's happened for him to lay blame on someone because he can't handle it it's like 
it really is heartbreaking because he didn't mean it and he still yeah. doesn't mean it. And he says when he says it, his voice cracks a little bit. It's yeah. like, I didn't mean to hurt anybody. And it's just like, oh, it's so heartbreaking. But you have, you've, but you have. you've killed hundreds of thousands, and, hundreds and of I, people. I think you it's, know. Um, it's quite cool that Conrad is, in, is the one with the gun towards you because yeah. well, even that's your, it's not you. Well, what it is is a manifestation of your Yeah, guilt. and it's like both of you wanted to be the hero. Well, yeah, but the comrade, the comrade that is there yeah. is a manifestation of your guilt. You create a comrade, Walker create a comrade out of guilt, and it's yeah. that guilt that's pointing the gun at him. But at this point, you have a choice. You can either, either let the the seconds count down and comrade will shoot you, and then it will be revealed that Walker shot himself. So that that whole scene is a representation of Walker taking his own life, and the game just kind of like ends with Walker having his brains, brains blown out, um, laying on the sidewalk, uh, not sidewalk, lying on the, the walkway, basically saying, you know, that he deserved to die yeah or you can choose to shoot Conrad in which point you shoot the mirror and the mirror cracks and you don't die you survive oh my god I was panicking trying to like shoot Conrad yeah so Min chose the uh, the easy way out yeah I chose the easy way out so because... I, I guess I chose the easy way out because when I first played it I let Walker get shot and my thinking was um, it's too late you've right. done too much you are a, you are a monster not only you are, are you a monster but what is his option like he can't go home he can't go back. So we both... Oh, we did different no, things. No, we did different things. Yeah. When I first played it, I was like, he can't go home. He can't go back. He's done... Too, this is too... It's too far gone. The only logical end to this is that he has to die. Ah, Whereas interesting. you... Well, I shot Conrad because I wanted to live. And then my thinking was, okay, I'm going to get Walker, Captain Walker to go home. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, guys, Lugo. <laughs> Lugo was insane. Like, why foster these civilians? And I, like, he had a gun to my head and I, and I just couldn't stop him. So I was like trying to get to this radio tower to like send SOS to, to help all these people. And then Adams, Adams went went nuts and like killed all these, um, you know, CIA guys. And, and he had something out for the 33rd and he's just, there's only eight of them left and he just went AWOL. And, if it wasn't for me, they'd still be there. No, killing people. And, and you know, I tried I'm to save her. You know, and, and then um, I found the, you know, I did my recon mission and I found out what happened to Conrad and he's been dead for ages and I've got this suicide letter, you know, oh, you know, I don't want a medal. I mean, if you want to give me one, you can do, but, you know, I just, I feel like I need to go home, retire, get my pension, you know, find myself a lovely, lovely new wife um, and just settle down and not think about it. Well, you know, I'm not a hero. <laughs> I just did it for my country. That wasn't, uh, okay, so that's not... <laughs> <laughs> that that's my thinking that's Min's uh, headcanon right what actually happens is at this point if you do choose not to kill yourself you radio in to the American military saying okay it's Mark, Captain Mark and Martin Walker finally uh, you know um, uh, calling in I think he says need evacuation survivors one too many she's talking about herself and all and then um, and then you have another choice after the credits so the credits roll at that point and then you have another choice where it cuts to this amazingly powerful scene where you are sat Captain Walker sat on the steps he's sort of been patched up he's got uh, a bit of a beard going on and the American military roll up and as they roll up they say oh I think we found him we found him and they get out and they go Captain Walker and you stand up and you're armed and one of them says he's armed he's armed armed. Why why is he armed they say, Captain Walker, we've come to rescue, but you need to put down the gun. And another one says, what's he doing? And someone says, he's shell-shocked. Look at him, he's shell-shocked. What's his going eyes, on? His, his eyes, eyes are gone. There's something wrong here. And you can clearly here. see it, like he's dead in the eyes. This he is just ma- looks real madness. Just like empty. Yeah, and at that point, you can choose to either put your gun down and go home or shoot them. Or, it, or you can kill them. So you can kill them. Uh, well, you can get into a fight with them and either they kill you or you kill them. Yeah. 
Uh, now, you chose the first option. I chose the first option because I wanted my head cannon to be true. So, you know, you're going to go home and you're going to tell this fabricated story yeah. about how you were a hero. And <laughs> yeah, and how none of it was your fault. <laughs> and, right? and how Lugo Whitefoss, all those. You're going to make a documentary about it. Yeah. You're going to make a film based on your life. Just called... not even a film, just books, everything. I'm American Sniper in Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> about how you were you were so brave and stuff but but what actually happens is you get in the humvee and you drive off with the american military and the guy driving it says captain walker if you don't mind me asking uh you know we when we we spent a lot of time trying to find you and we saw some pretty horrible stuff how did you survive and captain walker says who says i did so that was heartbreaking as well because it's like he's dead inside even though he's going home he died in dubai you know he's never going. you know what that's that's the uh the title of my book uh-huh. Died in Dubai. Yeah, I died in Dubai. And then parentheses, a, a hero story. A hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you choose to fight them instead, if they kill you, there's, a, there's an amazing speech that you hear from Conrad where he says... It's like a flashback. It's like a flashback and Conrad says... Uh, it's like uh, so someone asked him what he would do when he went home and he said, home, men like us don't, go, don't get to go home. Mm. Men like for men like us, there is a line that we have to cross to be able to do what we do. And once you cross that line, the only thing you can hope for is peace. Again, it's so, it's so can powerful. I just stop? This game is so fucking. Which is why it's called Spec Ops: The Line. And, yeah. I, and at first, I was like, "What boring title!" But then, actually, it's like perfect. It's so fucking well written. This mm-hmm. game. But then, if you do manage to um, kill all the soldiers, which you know is one last fight, yeah. you can actually do it. Um, I think. You've obviously massacred the people who've come to um, save, you, save yeah. you, and then you kind of just wander around aimlessly well, with a dead pick, look, yeah, and and just say, uh, "Oh, sorry, you pick up the radio that um, one of the guys had, and it's like Captain Walker, Captain Walker, what's going on? We can hear gunshots." And he's like, um, uh, "What did he, he say?" He says, "He says, he says, Captain Walker, what's happening? Well, uh, we heard gunshots." He picks up the mic, the walk talkie, and he presses the button. He says, "Gentlemen, welcome to Dubai." Yeah, and the and idea just, is that it's going to be a loop now of him. Yeah, just killing as many people until he gets killed yeah like I mean none of, I, none of the endings are happy other than my one is really happy other than your headcanon ending uh, is it, will he be able to live with the guilt though in your yeah. headcanon yeah okay he's gonna be a, he's gonna have like a really hot model wife and he's gonna have this really gorgeous baby he's got and some really cool scars really cool scars you know he's gonna but have actually, this to be um, fair half of his face is burnt off well he's gonna find a really good plastic surgeon yeah. who's gonna fix that shit off and then he's gonna. Um, he's gonna go on Oprah Winfrey. He's gonna have this book written, and <laughs> and he's gonna go on Oprah, and it's gonna be book of the week. Um, and then uh, he's gonna book outsell of book of the month. No, book of the week. And then um, he's so gonna. Even less time then. He's gonna outsell Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, and then he's gonna have a documentary on Netflix, a four-parter, <laughs> and it's gonna um, you know be like number one top top views, uh, and it's gonna talk about you know how how he was like so amazing and heroic and. And, and all that kind of and stuff. And how horrible Lugo and Adams were. And how horrible <laughs> Lugo and Adams were. And, you know, um, he's going to be given, like, all these medals, but he's going to turn them down because he didn't do it for the medals. He did it for America. <laughs> um, and then and then he's going to buy a football club out. Um, and he, and that's his, like, leisure time. And um, Okay, can I just make a point, though? You said earlier on that you don't like him. So why do you, why are you so desperate to him to have, for, to have a lovely life? You don't like him, so why do you care? I, don't know, I just thought it was a bit of a misguided douchebag. I do feel sorry for him. Yeah, well, it's but, hard. Um, then, is it, then can you feel sorry? Oh, for and him? then he's gonna adopt some um, some babies from like Saudi Arabia. Oh my god! And he's he's gonna be like, you know, oh, these children have been through like so much. I learned so just, much when I, I saw. I learned so much. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and he's gonna like travel around from university to university, giving like real uh, heartfelt speeches, um, and then uh, I think that that's it. Oh, and well, he's he's gonna have like a really nice, humble but big. Wait, that's not that's humble but big. You know, he's gonna have a really swanky big mansion. Okay. With a chocolate fountain and oh, he's gonna have an amazing life. Well. I mean, that isn't the ending that I got. In my yeah. ending, he shot himself. But, you know, different strokes for different folks. Um, now, before we summarise our opinion um, of the game, I've got, a little, yeah, I've got a little game of our own to play. It's, call, it's called Spec Ops, The Line or The Lie. By the way, Jerry is a... Jerry is here. Jerry's here. He's purring very loudly. He really likes my games. This is Spec Ops, The Line or Spec Ops, The Lie, okay? <laughs> okay. I'm going to read you five facts mm-hmm. about Spec Ops, The Line, five bits of trivia, okay, that I have re- uh, I have sourced on the on the internet, that amazing thing. I don't know if you know about this, listeners. The internet, really good. You can get all kinds of information. Check it out. Google, okay, recommended. little recommend here. Um, I've got some trivia, but some of it is real and some of it I made up myself, okay? okay? So you have to say, is it the line? It's true. Or is it the lie? I made it up. Okay. Clear? Clear. Okay, number one. Although critically acclaimed, the game was a commercial flop. Mm-hmm. This is retri- this is attributed to the fact that the game was advertised as a standard military shooter, which cleverly complemented the plot, but also pissed people off. Is that true or is that false? False. Eh-eh, that oh. is true. They, when they marketed the game, they marketed it as just being like Call of Duty. Now, that obviously complements the game because it makes people go into it with that mindset, which is what they wanted people to do. Yeah. But people were like I didn't buy a horror game and there was a multiplayer yeah well actually that's going to come up in a second okay Okay. question two the game is banned in the United Emirates sorry the game is banned in the United Arab Emirates Mm -hmm. okay due to an intel document which implies that the government secretly evacuated the wealthy citizens before the storms hit is that true or is that false true Ding! That is true. One out of two. So there is a an Intel document you can find. We did find it where it implies that all the wealthy citizens before the storm hit. So the government knew the storm was going to hit, but they didn't tell the civilians. They just told the wealthy ones, and they got them on planes and tried to find them out of the city before it hit and left all the, the poor ones to die. The United Arab Emirates in real life were very offended by this. You know what? I do remember finding an Intel file where it was like, no, it wasn't an Intel, wasn't it? It was a, it was black, a black box of a plane. Yeah. 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 Uh, now apparently the government of the UAE were very offended by this. Uh, by the implication that they do that to their civilians, so they it's banned it. It's a flipping fiction. It's fiction. I, yeah, well, yeah. You know, grow some bowels. Yeah. <laughs> Number grow three. Up. you got one out of two so far. Jaeger, who are the team that made the game, pitched a sequel to this game where an elderly Captain Walker, haunted by his crimes, is shopping when a terrorist attack happens in his town. He then takes it upon himself to take on the terrorists, rigging a Walmart to explode in the process in order to save the town but accidentally killing civilians. However, it would have later been uh, later been revealed that the game was actually driven by PTSD flashbacks. The game was cancelled early in development. False. <laughs> yeah, that's false. Ding! False. It sounded too much like Four Lions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, so. you know what? No, I, I, thought, I thought that was going to be funny, like an el- really elderly guy with a Zimmer fringe. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, no. Okay. Number four. The leader, the lead writer of the game, Corey Davis, described the game's multiplayer mode as being rammed onto the disc like a cancerous growth. So the lead writer, Corey False. Davis, described the game's multiplayer mode as being rammed onto the disc like a cancerous growth. Lie. Eh, eh, that is true. Ding, ding, wow. Two out of four. So the game, I think we talked about this last time, but at this era, in this era of PS3, Xbox 360, every fucking game, whether it needed it or not, had a tacked-on multiplayer mode. Okay? Like Bioshock 2 had a tacked-on multiplayer mode. Mass Effect had a tacked on multiplayer mod 2 and 3 anyway or maybe just 3 I can't remember 
but it kind of like did nothing to help the game and in fact just hindered it mm. um, Spec Ops Line has a terrible multiplayer mode that no one played and that is what the lead writer said of it oh okay two out of four last one a cabal of gamers attempted to sue Jaeger Development for post-traumatic stress disorder after playing the game, quoting the game's misleading advertising as the cause. One gamer was quoted as saying that he kept getting flashbacks when trying to play Call of Duty, which was affecting his income as he was a professional streamer. Is I that hope true that's false. Or false. What false. do you think? Yeah, that's false. Oh, God. <laughs> Ding, you yeah, know what? False. You've done this twice now where you've tried to like slip in two Karens. <laughs> that's, not a, well, that's not a Karen. That, that is a Karen. I said his. I know, but they're still Karens, aren't they? <laughs> okay. But, yeah. Well, yeah, well done. You played Spec Ops the Lie and Spec Ops the Lie. Um, congratulations, I think you got Thank three you. out of five. So that's a passing grade, which is rare for you, so that's good. <laughs> um, so, do you want to kind of summarise your thoughts on Spec Ops yeah, the Lie? Yeah, I think um, going into it real, real fresh and being someone who doesn't really play those kind of shooting games, I genuinely enjoyed the, the gameplay, Yeah. Um, which I didn't think I would. Uh, it was fairly simple. I think it's a good game to get me into these kind of games. Um, yeah, so you'd be happy to play more of them. I'd be though. happy to play more of them. It was genuinely fun. Like, I, I don't think it was... Um, apart from, like, one or two bits where, you know, like, the the train bit or... The bit on um, the... Um, the You mean the trucks? The trucks, sorry, yeah. yeah you know, and most of it I genuinely liked. Like, I... Um, there were some guns that I preferred. Uh, when I figured out that you could actually use grenade launchers on some of the guns, it was brilliant. The grenades in the game are amazing. They're very visceral. They're very visceral, and you just see them, like, flying... Like, like the blood spurting out pink, and everything pink mist um, as you say yeah as someone who kind of just charges in without thinking to have to like duck and cover and just make sure I'm not in the, the line of gunfire was I thought it was going to be difficult but I really took to it and I really liked doing it um, it was really fun I loved the environments yeah. I mean though, even though it's like dusty Dubai there isn't much you can do with it but yeah it was still beautiful we didn't mention the fact actually just very quickly that the one thing the game does let you do is that if enemies are stood in front of like glass the, uh, everywhere's buried in sand so you can shoot out the glass and the sand will come through and basically yeah, set, drown, drown them to yeah. death yeah. It, there'll be like little cracks in the but window but it's, it's really not it. that important it's not that important and you can barely like there's not very many um, parts that you can do it but yeah. but I just love how you can tell it's Dubai you've got these like really tall buildings that have like decayed and that have obviously been destroyed and you've got supercars that have been abandoned um, just lying around like it is amazing um, obviously the story is just so well written yeah. uh, it's a shame that I didn't get to see the, the cutscenes as much sorry not cutscenes loading, lo- screens. loading screens but um, you, you know overall Oh, I, I did enjoy reading the uh, the little Intel files as well. It does read them out for you, which yeah. is always really a nice a treat um, yeah. because it's not sort of like a dump of information. It's like, it's genuinely interesting and to, to hear it in their voice really adds to it because then you can hear the emotion that they're going through at the time. Um, I agree. But I just, I think it was a perfect length. I, I think it was written really well. It was so subtle. You know, the, the twist was amazing. The choices that you make... You know, sometimes games can give you like false choices, but I think in this one, you get them far and few between, but they do make a difference. Yeah. And you really feel the weight of it. You feel the weight of the things that you don't have a choice about in the game, and you feel the weight of the choices you do make. And there's never a right or wrong. There's always a grey area. It gets you really thinking. And to to say that it is quite an old game, it looks brilliant. No, yeah, it looks perfectly fine. It looks fine, perfectly yeah. fine. Um, 
you know, I, I didn't get bored of it once. We did buy it on sale, so if anyone is listen, listening to this... No, the sale's over. Oh, is it over? Yeah, it ended today. Oh, ended yesterday, damn it. yeah, yeah. So it was damn. on sale. We bought it for about, I think it was three ninety nine on sale, which is more than worth it. Yeah, because, you know, we, we were wanting to play it a few months back, but it was like 20 quid. Yeah. And we just couldn't justify spending that amount of money on such an old game. But honestly, brilliant. Yeah, well, I think I was going to say that, like, I know that at the time it got stick for a few things. I think one thing it got, it, well, sorry, I don't know. If for our American listeners, if something gets stick, it means that it gets, like, criticised for it. So it got criticised for its price, and I can totally sympathise. I always feel really bad about stuff like this, because if you'd paid 60 quid or $70 or whatever for a game that was four hours long, I can totally understand why you'd be pissed off. Even if it's the best game in the world, I can really understand that. Obviously, I didn't have that experience when I first bought it because I bought it secondhand. I think, and we didn't have this experience this time, so we can only talk about how it is now. I think yeah. it's I think it's redundant to go back and say value for money and all that because it's just it was four pound when we bought yeah. it, and I know that people give it criticism for the fact that it's the game is all about choices and one of the mottos of the game is there is always a choice but in a lot of aspects the player doesn't have a choice because you can't choose not to go not to white force them white force them you can't choose to stop to go home you can't I mean at the start of the game you can't choose not to go into the storm wall and I remember someone saying I can't remember who it was now saying that the only way you can really win at this game is to not play it like yeah. you know, if you choose not to play it, that's the best option. Yeah, but then if you know, but then there'd be no game. game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there are certain things that have to happen. Um, now the gameplay for me, like I say, it's just basic. I wouldn't. I'd say it it functions perfectly well, right? Apart from the, the only thing, the little niggle is the fact that it can be hard to differentiate your allies from the enemies. But aside from that, the game works perfectly fine. Mm. It's difficult enough that it's a nice challenge as well. It's like it's not like it's just a walk through the park or anything. There are tricky bits. Um, but it works perfectly fine and it, and it doesn't overstay its welcome but the story is one of I think the best stories ever told in video games definitely and I think it's really interesting and important because um, video game is still a relatively young medium a young art form you know like you think about literatures have thousands of years you know to develop films have had probably what 100 years to develop mm. video games really have had 40 years you yeah. know and it's still a young art form and this for me is one of the first games that I've played and maybe someone can tell me if there's any other games that came before that do this but in my mind it's one of the first games that was made or that I certainly played that showed that video games were reflecting upon themselves like looking at what video games were doing and exploring like what that meant and what the impact of that might be um, and this is clearly like a commentary on Call of Duty and mm-hmm. Battlefield and all those games and it's not saying that those games are bad or that people who play them are bad but it's asking questions and making you think of things and making the player deal with like concepts that, you know, is ballsy and mature. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And just, but even if you take away all that pretentious stuff, it's just a really, really cool twist of a story that really makes you feel like absolute shit. But it is so, so entertaining. And, well, I don't know if entertaining is the right word. It's so engaging and as a horror fan, like, I love horror games. It hit all the right notes for me. Like, it felt like a horror game. Yeah. It's claustrophobic, it's unpleasant, it makes you feel terrible, and that's all the kind of stuff I love, and I think it did it as be- better than most horror games I've played. Yeah, the, I mean, there is one criticism that I did forget to mention. Um, yeah. To run, it's double tap A. Oh. Um, <laughs> to duck, and, sorry, get into get cover, into cover is it. A. Sometimes, I, and, and you, it's not your fault, um, but you'd be like duck duck and I'm like I'm trying but it's making me run or you'd be like run and then it'd put me into cover but that's yeah. because for some reason I don't understand why they've picked the same button to run and also get into cover it was no, just it was yeah, really that, annoying yeah that was annoying it was very very annoying um, um, 
and yeah. and the guys with the um, the knives really annoyed me because it's like why are you coming towards me when I've got a live grenade? <laughs> so these are Americans as well, like knife specialists, and they run out of cover and charge towards you, and you've got like a fucking shotgun. They're holding them really with, like they've got a gimp arm, <laughs> like they're holding them up. But it doesn't look ergonomic at all, and they're just like charging towards you, and it's like, well, I'm just gonna shoot you. Yeah, one shotgun blast done, one yeah. and done. Um, but aside from that, no, I just think it was brilliant. Yeah, fantastic, but. It's not really important what you think. No. It's not really important what I think because this is Jerry 2's video game podcast and Jerry 2 is the important one. So, Jerry 2, what do you think of Spec Ops The Line? Oh, that's deep. You know, that's really oh, deep. that's I, depressing. It is sad. You know what? I think he's been really affected by his game because I don't know if you've noticed this, but... I've just seen him so often just staring off into the distance. I've seen him a thousand attack. Yards there. I've seen him attack nothing. Yeah, you know, you're right, yeah. Like flinging his arms through the air and like jumping yeah. in the air and flinging his arms and it's like there's nothing there. And sometimes like we'll just see him pounce on Maisie, his sister, for no reason. And then it's like he almost like realises it's Maisie. Yeah. And then carries on, obviously, because he also likes pouncing on Maisie. But yeah, I think he's been really damaged and by it, that. And you know, he looks really shell-shocked. Maybe... I mean, his eyes are just like circular maybe Jerry 2 should sue Jaeger development you know because he's too young for this really yeah. I mean he's only like 6 months how old is he 6, 7 months old no he's older no than that, he's way older than that what's that how old is he now about 9 months old no how old is he isn't he we got him in, in June Ju- and just the beginning of June and he was about 6 weeks old 7 weeks old so he would be a number <laughs> let's say, <laughs> let's say nine or ten months old. He's too young for this shit. We shouldn't have really. You know, and he's I've definitely seen him throw like balls around, like the live grenades. Yeah, it's sad. You it's know. really sad. Um, anyway, thank you for joining us on this horrific, grim journey into the heart of darkness. I hope it's not been too depressing. We did try and keep it a little bit light, uh, but thank you for joining us. Uh, just very quickly before we go, my podcast recommendation of the episode is Tales of the Lesser Medium. Uh, it's a brilliant podcast if you like video games it's two good comedians and they're really really funny and they basically retell the stories of video games but in a really really funny amusing very well produced way they've done the Resident Evil for the first four Resident Evil games that is 1, 2, 3 and Code Veronica that was the first season they've just done uh, well they did Tomb Raider for the second season and Half-Life for the third and they are really funny uh, really entertaining so check that out um, other than that have you got anything else you want to say before we wrap up um... Sergeant Min? Uh, Jerry does say that if you meet him in, um, uh, I think it's the Aldi. The the Aldi. The Aldi in Longstanton. Yeah, uh, the Aldi. Yeah, not, not in, that Aldi. The, the Aldi. other one in Longstanton. Um, he will give you a bag of um, live grenades yeah. or two fish sticks. Yeah, and whatever you you know. Okay, I can say if you're live, that means they've already had the pen taken out of them. Unlive grenades. Yeah. <laughs> just grenades. Yeah, they, uh, listen, he's a cat, right? He hasn't got opposable thumbs. Some of them may be live, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a... That's, that's a I'm not being funny, but that's your own fault, all right? Yeah. If you want to meet him for those fish sticks, you know, whatever you want to do with those grenades, no judgment, but if they are live, you, you can't sue, all right? No, but um, j- just to let you know, Jerry is a... Um, a super spreader he does not follow lockdown rules no he doesn't no. so he may or may not give you coronavirus yeah. uh, but that that is on you but if you are there and you want to you sort of think is he coming or not just do a big big sniff and you'll smell the, the fish order syndrome before he gets there okay because he does have a distinctive smell 
But other than that... Other than that, thank you for listening. Uh, follow the... Uh, sorry, we, you can contact the show at jerry2podcastoutlook.com if you've got any recommendations for things that you, we should play, any feedback or anything like that, please get in touch. You can also follow us at Twitter at FailsLets or just search Jerry 2 Video Game Podcast. And... Jerry now has an Instagram. Hey! Um, so if you want to see, you know, pictures of Jerry in his day-to-day life or uh, him watching video games or, you know, just his ramblings about not feeling cute... <laughs> um, hashtag uh, uh, posting it anyway he's still figuring out how to use Instagram he yeah. has pause you know what don't judge him yeah it's very difficult for him but, um, but yeah you can follow you can find you. How, I don't know how Instagram works you just, can find okay. him under Jerry2podcast so it's at Jerry2podcast okay yeah that's it isn't it yeah because yeah okay so um, yeah so go on there if you want to see some ugly pictures of Jerry and get a um, because uh, I think sometimes when you're like when I listen to video game podcasts and watch YouTube and stuff sometimes it's like you want to know the personality of the person yeah. whose opinion it is to see if you line up so you want to know more about Jerry too want to know if your opinion lines up with him that's where to go other than that thank you for listening and good balls good balls